the happiest words, we have a quarrel. Usually I, I save the thank yous to the end, but thank you, thank you, thank you. So good evening and welcome to our 2022 annual town meeting. Of course, I am Scott McDermott and I'm your moderator and honored, honored to be here tonight for our annual town meeting. It's been over three years since we've been here in the gym, since 2019, April 29th of 2019, since we met together in the gymnasium for the annual town meeting. The last two, as you remember, were outside on the turf field of, our, of those meetings, so it's great to be back. I uh, feel like the world has changed in that time frame, but I'm not quite sure how, but uh, in, in many, many ways. Um, uh, as always, I thank you for being here as a part of our legislative body. We are the legislature here. By, by being here, you have elected to participate in that way. Uh, we make the laws, we, you know, we pass the budgets, we undertake the important and the hard work of building a great community and undertaking the responsibility of our town government. So I am advised by our town, quirk, uh, town clerk <laughs> that we have a quorum present. We have 22 articles tonight to address as the legislative body of the town of Medfield. I will now ask our town clerk to read our return of service of the warrant. By virtue of this warrant, I have notified the inhabitants of the town of Medfield qualified to vote in an election by posting attested copies of the same in five public places seven days before the date of the town meeting as within directed. Signed by Constable Michael Downing, posted April 14th, 2022. On May 2nd, 2022, our quorum was not reached. The annual town meeting was continued until May 9th of 2022. The warrant was reposted in five public places on May 3rd and signed by Constable Michael Downing. Marion Benaldi, town clerk. Thank you. So I would like all of our veterans, if they would, to please stand so we can honor our veterans and they can lead us in a pledge of allegiance. So if you're a veteran, please stand. Thank you. Okay, now, if everybody would please stand. I have a flag on each side. Okay, so I pledge allegiance. Please remain standing, if you would, for the national anthem.
remain standing. I promise next year we'll have our high school uh, musicians back. They always do a great job for us, so I look forward to ha uh, having them back with us. Uh, it's at this time, out of appreciation and respect, I ask the town meeting to observe a brief moment of silence uh, each year in memory of uh, our friends and neighbors who uh, were contributors and volunteers to the community of Medfield who have passed away. This year, I want to mention Kathleen Leader, who worked for the public schools for over 37 years, was a member of the Hannah Adams Club and the Garden Club, and served as an election worker for us for many years. Uh, Beverly Bonatti worked in public schools for over 30 years, served as an election worker for many years, and was very, very active in our community. Helen Fisher. Helen Fisher was a 10th generation of the Clark family. Joseph Clark was one of the 13 original founders of Medfield, so we honor Helen. Robert Bouchard was a member of the Historical Society and a coach of many, many teams in youth sports. Beverly Hay worked in our school system for over 20 years. And for all of our, our other friends and neighbors who passed away in the months since our annual town meeting, let's pause to remember. Okay, well, thank you. You can be seated. Thanks. Now, for introductions of our town officials on the stage, first I have the honor of introducing to my right our town clerk, Marion Binaldi, and I have the honor of introducing Gus Murby, who's the chairperson of our board of selectmen who will introduce the uh, executive branch of our town government. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. To uh, Marion's right, we have Brittany Franklin, the assistant to the town administrator. To her right is Nick Milano, the assistant town administrator. And to his right, Kathleen Trierweiler, the town administrator. To my right, did I do that? Yeah, oh, okay, I thought I got corrected over there. Uh, to my right, we have Pete Peterson. To his right, we have uh, for her first annual uh, meet, or, uh, town meeting as a member of the Board of Selectmen, Eileen Murphy. And to her right at the end, we have uh, the council for our town meeting tonight, sitting in for Mark Sorrell, our regular town council, Adam Costa. Thank you. And to my left, I have the honor of introducing Sharon Tatro, who will introduce the members of the Warren Committee. To my left is Jeremy Marset, Stephen Callahan, Bob Sliney, Ed Vizella, Amanda Hall, Jillian Rafter, and Mather Eldred. Okay, well thank you, and now, uh, as required by our charter, it's the time that we vote to uh, pass a motion to permit non-voting participants to sit within the town meeting and to speak to the community as requested. We reserve a special visitor section uh, of the meeting for this purpose, and I would like Brittany, if she would, uh, Brittany Franklin, Assistant Town Administrator, read the names of our invited visitors. Christine Treeweiler, Town Administrator. Dr. Jeffrey Mardston, Superintendent of Schools. Adam Costa, Council. Nicholas Milano, Assistant Town Administrator. Yvonne Remillard, Principal Assessor. Andrew Foster, Assistant Town Accountant. Brittany Franklin, Assistant to the Town Administrator. Gary Pelletier, Building Commissioner. Kevin Ryder, Parks and Recreation Director. Marie Scoulet, Director of Public Works. Pam Gardner, Library Director. Roberta Lynch, Council on Aging Director. 
Dave Hickles, conservation agent, Mark Bryson, veterans agent, Michelle Garrett, police chief, William Carrico, fire chief, Kathy Vandenboom, human resources director, Owen Okokra, IT, IT director, Brenda Healy, public health nurse, Sarah Raposa, town planner. Excellent. So we welcome you. And I now move that non-voting guests, as read by Brittany, that are sitting in the visitor section be permitted to sit within the town meeting and to engage with our community as requested. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed? The motion carries. We welcome you and we thank you for your service. We also want to recognize uh, Joy Rusciuto, who's been our town accountant, who will be retiring in June after 25 years of service to the town of Medfield, and to Roberta Lynch, who's been director of our Council on Aging, who will be retiring in December with 21 years of service to the town of Medfield. If we could have a round of applause for Joy and Roberta, thank you. Thank you for your great, your great service, thanks. So our general meeting guidelines are set forth in the beginning of our warrant report. Uh, I'm gonna dispense with the reading of the full set of the guidelines, but I will make quick reference to certain of the guideline provisions. Uh, the first thing relative to item number six, I wanna talk about the order of proceedings and the treatment of the articles for tonight's annual town meeting is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do the regular business of the town, which will include articles one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, and 13, uh, and includes article six, the personnel plan, which must be undertaken before we do our town uh, budget. Then we will do our zoning articles, article 16 and 17, and then we will have a lottery of articles, including article seven, which is our operating budget, Articles 9 through 12, which we will take together, they all address issues relative to our capital budget. Then articles 15, uh, excuse me, in the lottery, article 15, which is the name change for the Board of Selectmen. Article 18 is the funds for the feasibility study. Article 19 is funds for the open space and recreation plan. And article 21, the funds for replacing a portion of the roof at the, the Blake Middle School. All of this I would call conducting the annual town business uh, that we need to accomplish our responsibilities. We will then turn our attention to Article 14, the bylaw amendment addressing the creation of a school building committee, and Article 20, which is an amendment to existing building bylaws, which would require a public hearing. Finally, as we always do, uh, as required, we will finish with the free cash article, which is Article 22. Uh, just in terms of Turning the page on our guidelines, uh, I see many familiar faces, so you're used to the guidelines. Uh, the key items are that the debate, discussion, the deliberation will take place not on the article as printed in the warrant report, but on rather on the motion that is on the floor. Uh, we will only have, if we have amendments, we will only have one amendment pending on the floor at a time. Any voter who wants to uh, speak to the town meeting, should address the town uh, through, the, through the moderator. Please, if you come to microphone number one or microphone number two, please identify yourself with your name if you're speaking on behalf of any uh, department or town agency or committee. Please let us know that and, and, and provide your address. Uh, 
We will try to uh, take our votes by voice vote first, uh, and then we do a show of hands as uh, when I can't make a determination, uh, then we would do a standing count, and any seven voters can come forward in the event that they would like to call for a standing count. Uh, there are certain of these articles that require a supermajority, two-thirds, or for the, the article having to do with the payment of a prior year tax bill, we need a four-fifths vote. I will announce that at the time that we're doing the voting, and hopefully I'll remember to announce it at the time that I tell you that the article has passed. Um, beyond that, uh, you know, I will continue to use this, as best I can the discretion. I find my discretion you know, hopefully out of principles of fairness and prudence and some ex uh, experience, and we try to get some expediency and obviously the considerations of the best interests of the community. So with that said, um, I think that we are, I think we're ready for some prefatory remarks. So I would turn to Sharon and see if she would like to just make a statement. We entered this fiscal year not really sure what was in front of us. What I said last year is still true this year. The budgets were tightened and all members of the town, employees and citizens alike, braced for the great unknown. I'm happy to report that I truly believe that we have emerged from this fiscal year stronger in more ways than one. The results of the tighter budgets and influx of COVID-related aid funds has put the town in a position of having a free cash balance to a degree we have not seen before. The budget before you meets our financial policies and also funds a capital stabilization fund with $2 million to continue to help us climb out of the capital struggles the town faced in prior years. We are seeing the success of the advanced life support ambulance service and receiving enough revenue to help offset the fire department budget like was hoped when the town voted to begin the service in 2018. This is my eighth year on the Warrant Committee, and I can unequivocally say that this budget cycle was truly like no other in a very positive way. The department heads worked together for the good of the town by submitting budgets that are thoughtful of the collective whole. They have led us to a point where no one has been asked to cut any services, people, and programs, and we've been able to even restore some positions put on hold during the pandemic, and in some cases, add to the services provided. Before you this year, only a handful of articles in regards to bylaw changes, zoning changes, open space, municipal building and capital stabilization funds, spending, and more. The aim of each of these articles is to, in their own way, clarify and bring direction to issues that put us on a solid footing to move forward on the next big projects coming to future town meetings on the hospital property and Dale Street School. As we enter this next fiscal year, I look forward to continuing Building on the teamwork and positive steps forward we may have as a town as we emerge from the pandemic. I congratulate all of you on taking part in this important democratic process and bringing your informed opinions to this year's town meeting. Take two. Thank you, Sharon. And Christine. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sharon. And thank you all for being here tonight. I was going to make some deja vu jokes, but really, I'm just happy you're all here. So thank you. Um, the warrant report that you all receive in the mail has a complete overview of town finances, and the town finance website provides even more background material for your review. I do want to take a few minutes to highlight a few of the items that you're being asked to consider this evening. Our challenge each and every year when reviewing our departmental operating budgets is to balance the request for increase in service to our available revenues. We will continue, have, and will continue to take a conservative approach to our budgeting because we recognize the tax burden that is placed on our residents. 
The fiscal year 2023 budget as presented tonight meets the town's financial policy and represents an overall 3.75% increase over fiscal year 2022. I want to thank all of the department heads, the school department, and all of the boards and committees for working so closely on this year's budget. I can't echo enough Sharon's comments about how closely everyone worked together this year. For the fiscal year 2023 budget, our budget fixed costs such as health insurance, pension, and OPEB have increased over 7%. They continue to be our largest budget drivers. We have worked very hard to restore some of the cuts that were made to our budgets during the COVID period. We have restored several part-time positions and one full-time position. We are recommending in the town's budget three new part-time positions to expand our customer service delivery in the town clerk's office and at the transfer station. In addition, we have reached a collective bargaining agreement this year with the fire department, which is included in the budget before you this evening. The school department budget tonight maintains all services, funds all collective bargaining agreements, and adds the equivalent of 2.2 full-time staff positions. The fiscal year 2023 capital budget we're asking you to approve tonight invests in our town and school facilities, equipment, vehicles, and reflects our extended capital planning efforts. Based on the strong free cash balance, the Warren Committee is recommending we transfer $2 million of free cash to the Capital Stabilization Fund. That is with the anticipation we will fund not only this year's fiscal year 23 capital budget, but fiscal year 24 as well. The last thing I would like to mention this evening is the town's financial policy, which we adopted in 2018. Adhering to the financial policy, as the recommended budget tonight does, helps us build our town reserves, reduce our reliance on free cash to balance the budget. This commitment to the policy resulted in Moody's Financial confirming our AA1 bond rating last September. This is critical to obtaining advantageous interest rates when borrowing for projects such as the new water treatment plant and especially the potential for a new elementary school project in this much higher interest rate environment. At the conclusion of tonight's annual town meeting, I would ask that you shift your attention to the Medfield State Hospital as we plan on holding a special town meeting in June. I strongly urge you to attend the informational session with Trinity Financial on May 18th. You can come in person to the Council on Aging or it will be available on Zoom. We would like you to learn more about the proposed development at the former Medfield State Hospital and what it means for us here in Medfield. In closing, I would like to once again thank all of the employees of the town, the department heads, my financial team, Michael LaFrancesca, Dr. Jeffrey Marsden, and the many volunteer boards and committees for their support and assistance and dedication to Medfield. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Uh, just a reminder that inside the warrant report is a, is a really very good report on the town uh, finances and town administration, pages 5 to 16. So if you ha haven't had a chance to look at that, it might be something that you, you do want to pay some attention to. And also there is an index in the back of the warrant committee for those that like to keep score on page 51 as we uh, move through these articles. And I guess as a last announcement, I would just like to welcome and say hello to our friends and neighbors who are in the cafeteria. So I just wanted them to know that uh, I know that you are there. Uh, we are a hotline connection away. So, and uh, I have a little graphic here to be able to see you. I don't know whether you can see me, but if you can, I don't know which way I should be waving. But uh, thank you for being here as well. So helping us make that quorum, uh, much appreciated. So here we go. So Article 1, Article 1. Uh, found on page 17 of the Warrant Report is an article in which we vote to accept the annual town reports. Uh, in this instance, uh, Sharon Tatro has a motion to dismiss, and I'll let you make that. 
<laughs> Move that Article 1 be dismissed. Do you have a, a report? They're not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are there any questions or comments? If not, we would, mote, uh, we would move to dismiss. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed, okay, Article 1 is dismissed. Article 2 is a vote to accept the following sums for, into the perpetual trust funds for the care and of certain lots in the Vine Lake Cemetery. It's offered by the cemetery uh, commissioners. It can be found on page 17 of the Warren Report. And uh, Warren Committee Member Mather Eldred has a motion. Move that we... Uh Pass Article 2, be passed as printed in the warrant. Okay, and do you have a report? Uh, yes. Each year, 50% of the purchase price of a cemetery plot is transferred to the Cemetery Perpetual Care Trust Fund. The other 50% goes to the sale of the lots fund, which can be used for capital improvements and or expansion of the cemetery. The balance in the Cemetery Perpetual Care Trust Fund as of December 31st, 2021, was $1,335,794. Okay, well, thank you. Well, now, are there any questions or comments on, on Article 2? If there are none, we will put it, uh, the vote to, uh, of the following sums for the perpetual trust funds. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed? And I rule that it carries. Article 3. Article 3 is an article uh, in which we vote to set expenditure limits for the revolving funds established under the, the code of the town of Medfield, and Warren Committee member Steve Callahan has a motion. I move that Article 3 be passed as printed in the warrant. And a report, please. And the 2017 annual town meeting created revolving funds as part of the code of the town of Medfield. Each year, town of Medfield must authorize the amount of the expenditure that can be made from each of these chapter 44, section 53E, a half revolving funds as set forth in the warrant. The revenue in these revolving funds is generated from fees, charges, or other receipts from departmental programs and activities. Are there any questions or comments on Article 3? If there are none, we will put it to a vote. All in favor of the motion, please say aye. aye. Opposed? The motion carries. Article 4 is a motion in which we vote to appropriate sums of money from the Public Educational and Governmental Access and Cable-Related Fund to Medfield TV. Uh, Warrant Committee member Jillian Rafter has a motion. A positive motion to pass Article 4, move that the town appropriate $286,196.96 from the PEG Access and Cable-Related Fund to Medfield TV for the purposes set out in the warrant. Okay, do you have a report, please? The annual town meeting in 2019 passed Article 5, which created a public educational and governmental PEG access and cable-related fund to handle the distribution of funds received in connection with the franchise agreement between the town and cable operators. These fees must be used to provide PEG access services and programming. This article transfers those funds collected to date to Medfield TV. Thank you. Do we have any questions or comments about Article 4 or about the motion? If there are none, we'll put the motion to a vote. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed? The motion carries. Article 5. Article 5 is a motion in which we vote to fix the salary and compensation of elected officers, including the moderator, the town clerk, the selectmen, the assessors, the school committee, the trustees of the public library, 
Park and Recreation Commissioners, Planning Board, Housing Authorities, and Trust Fund Commissioners. And uh, Amanda Hall has a, a motion and a report. Um, move that Article 5 be passed as printed in the warrant. Each year, the town must vote on the salaries and compensation of Medfield's elected officers. Only elected officers receiving a salary are the town clerk, the board of assessors, and the board of selectmen. A 2% increase has been proposed for the town clerk's salary in accordance with the cost of living adjustment proposed for all non-union town employees. Are there any questions or comments on Article 5? Besides, what about the moderate? No. Uh, we have a question. Microphone number one. Good evening, Mr. Moderator. My name is Mark Green. I'm at 10 Road to Denver Nav. My question isn't about so much the money that's being paid, but it's um, the transparency of what the department heads are making. I haven't found it in this book. I look cover to cover, and uh, it's all lumped together. So. Is there any way in the future, moving forward, we can have department heads listed? This particular article, as I understand it, only relates to fixing the salary of elected officers, so it wouldn't be germane right here. Uh, I guess we come to that again as we review the, the operating budget, so at that particular point, uh, we'll okay. come back and you can ask a question about a particular. Good enough. This, is, this only goes to uh, the elected officials, but, right. but good question. Any other questions? If there are no questions, we will put this motion to a vote. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed? The motion carries. Article 6 is a vote to amend the personnel administration plan and classification of positions and pay schedules. It's found on page 20 of the warrant report, uh, sponsored by the personnel board and warrant committee member Jeremy, Jeremy Marset has a motion. Move that Article 6 be passed as printed in the warrant. The pay ranges for town employees are set by the schedules included in the personnel administration plan and classification of positions, as included in the warrant report. The schedules are updated annually by the personnel board. Most police, fire, school, department employees are covered by collective bargaining agreements. Police and fire personnel pay ranges are included in the schedule according to the rates set out in their respective collective bargaining agreements. The fiscal year two 2023 cost of living increase for non-union personnel is 2%. The collective bargaining agreement for the fire department includes a 3% cost of living increase. The warrant committee recommends passage. Thank you. Are there any questions or comments on Article 6 or on the motion? If there are none, we'll put the motion to a vote. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed? The motion carries. Article 8. In Article 8, is a motion in which we will vote to transfer a sum of money received from the Massachusetts School Building Authority for reimbursements for the Dale Street Feasibility Study, unexpended uh, uh, and uh, appropriation of funds to the Municipal Building Ca uh, Capital Stabilization Fund. And it's offered by the Board of Selectmen found on page 32 of your warrant report. And uh, Warrant Committee Member Ed Vizella has a motion. Move that the town transfer $477,560.10 received from the Massachusetts School Building Authority for reimbursements for the Dale Street Feasibility Study, unexpended appropriation funds, or available funds as set out in the warrant to the Municipal Building's Capital Stabilization Fund. <clears throat> 
The article moves funds into the Municipal Building Stabilization Fund from several sources. The reimbursements from the Massachusetts School Building Authority, MSBA, are for expenses related to the Dale Street School Feasibility Study. The funding for the feasibility study was appropriated from the Municipal Building Stabilization Fund at the 2018 Annual Town Meeting, and therefore, any reimbursement must be transferred back to this fund. The unexpended appropriations are from former capital and municipal building projects that have been completed are no longer necessary. The Warren Committee recommends passage. Are there any questions, comments on the motion on Article 8? If there are none, we will put it to a vote. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed? I deem that uh, the motion on Article 8 passes. Article 13. Article 13 is a vote to raise and appropriate and transfer sums to pay a prior uh, year bill. Uh, this requires a supermajority of four-fifths. It's offered by the Board of Selectmen and Warren Committee. Steve Callahan has a motion. Move that the town appropriate the sum of $4,974.78 from the FY22 available funds for the purpose of paying the following prior year bills incurred in fiscal year 2019 in the amount of $250, in fiscal year 2020 in the amounts of $868, $424, and $65, and in fiscal year 2021 in the amounts of $895.53, and $1,137.50, and $1,114.75, These bills uh, were not received until after the close of the fiscal year for FY19 and FY20 and in FY21. Since the general ledger books have been closed for those fiscal years, it's now necessary to appropriate a total of $4,974.78 in order to provide payment on these expenditures. This requires a town meeting vote of 80%. Are there any questions or comments on the motion? If there are none, we'll put it to a vote. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed? I deem it carries by the required four-fifths vote. The next two articles are our zoning articles, articles 16 and 17. They can be found on page 44 of the warrant report. They are offered by the planning board. Article 16 is a motion in which we vote to amend the Medfield Town Code, Chapter 300, our table of use regulations uh, by adding a new section. Warrant Committee member Bob Sliney has a motion. Article 16, to see if the town will vote to amend the Medfield Town Code, Chapter 300, Zoning Attachment 1, Table of Use Regulations, by adding a new section as presented in the warrant on page 44. The section of the Table of Use Regulations allows food pantry uses uh, by site plan approval from the planning board in business, business industrial, and in industrial extensive zoning districts, and by special permit in all residential zoning districts. Abutters notices, public hearings, reviews of impacts, and conferences with specific performance standards is required for any proposed project. The Warrant Committee recommends passage. 
Okay, and we'll get a report from the planning board for microphone number two. Paul McKechnie, planning board. Uh, pursuant to the provisions of Mass General Law, Chapter 48, Section 5, as amended, the Midfield Planning Board held a series of public hearings on January 10th, February 7th, and March 7th to consider amending the zoning bylaws as outlined in Article 16. The public hearing was duly posted and advertised in the Hometown Weekly, December 23rd and 30th of 2021. Article 16 involves creating a use, a specific use category for food pantries so that in the event that they are able to create a building of their own someday, there'll be a permitting process in place. Okay, thank you. Question at microphone number one. Yes, uh, Lester Cohen, 1 Essex Road. Is there a definition someplace of what a community facility is? That's what it says in the, in the warrant. Community facility for the distribution of food and necessities. Sarah, do you know, do we? We had discussion of that, and yes, there is. Is there a definition someplace that you could tell us what it is? I do not have it right here, but I am look, making eye contact with our planner. And Sarah, please uh, yeah. join us at microphone number one. participate in town meeting yet. So the definition of community facilities is actually in the zoning bylaw. Could not tell you what it is off the top of my head, and I unfortunately did not bring my zoning bylaw with me, but it's a um, definition that we already use. Is it, is it a 501c charity? Oh, exactly what is it? Because I'm just concerned that just having this general wording. We, go, we'll, we, we have, we'll, we'll look up the definition right I'm now I'm happy as well. to check my phone. Okay, but, okay yeah. we have it right here. Okay. Community facility, premises owned and operated by a government or other chartered nonprofit organization, including public housing for elderly, but not including fraternal, sports, or similar membership organizations. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, this uh, takes a two-thirds vote. Uh, and uh, any other questions or comments on Article 16? If there are none, we will put it to a vote. All in favor of the motion on Article 16, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? I deem it carries by the required two-thirds vote. Article 17 is also a, 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 an article that was offered by the Planning Board. It is a, it a, we'll hear a, a motion from Warren Committee Member Bob Sliney. Article 17, to see if the Town of Medfield will vote to amend the Town of Medfield zoning map which is page 48 of the warrant report, adopted pursuant to Medfield Town Code Chapter 300 Zoning Section 3.2 by one, locating New Well 3A and adding the 2,000 linear foot dimensions as defined by Medfield Zoning Bylaw Article 16.2, definition of well protection district and 400 feet public well or well point, no construction radius per section 300-16.5, and two, fixing a display error so that the boundary of the well protection district coincides with the 2,000 linear foot dimension as defined by Medfield Zoning Bylaw Article 16.2, definition of well protection district or do or act anything in relation thereto. 
The amendment adds new well 3A to the zoning map with the required buffer zone, which has been incorporated incorrectly displayed by mistake for many years, and it was not until a recent Zoning Board of Appeals application that the error was discovered. The Warren Committee recommends passage. And we have a report from the Planning Board at microphone number two. Pursuant to provisions of Mass General Law Chapter 48, Section 5, as amended, the Planning Board held a series of public hearings on January 10th, February 7th, and March 7th to consider the amending the tone bylaws for Article 17. Public hearings were duly posted and advertised Hometown Weekly, December 23rd and 30th of 2021. Article 17 does two things. First, it fixes the long-standing 20 plus 20 years display error of the zoning map that was identified by an applicant this past year. The well protection district boundaries were shown as 2,700 linear feet as opposed to the 2,000 linear feet required in section 16 of our zoning bylaws. The second aspect of this bylaw is to add to the required protection buffers around the new well A, 3A. The planning board voted unanimously on this article. Thank you very much. This also requires a two-thirds vote for passage. Are there any questions, comments on Article 17? Microphone number two. Jim Sujan, 10 Centers Way. I'm just, are, are you taking account of the voters in the, the cafeteria? Is there some way you just, I just don't want them to feel like they're being Thank excluded. You. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'm watching Conrad, but uh, right there. So ring me, Conrad, if, uh, if there's any dissent or any comments or questions, okay? But that, thank you for that reminder, because, and hello there. Thanks again. <laughs> Okay, so we're ready to vote on the motion on Article 17, requires a two-thirds vote. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed? I deem that the motion carries by the required two-thirds vote. Okay, so now we move to our lottery. We will do Articles 9 through 12. These are the articles that relate to our, our capital budgets. Article 9 is an article offered again by the Capital Budget Committee, School Committee, the Permanent Building Committee, and the Board of Selectmen. It requires a two-thirds vote. It can be found on page 32 of the warrant report. And we have a warrant, uh, excuse me, we have a motion from Warrant Committee Member Ed Vizella. Move that the town appropriate $1,159,000 and transfer a said sum from the Municipal Buildings Capital Stabilization Fund for projects and purposes as set out in the warrant. In 2018, the annual town meeting established a special purpose stabilization fund entitled Municipal Buildings Capital Stabilization Fund. Voters approved a dedicated override of $1 million for this fund in June 2018. The purpose of this fund is to fund new construction, capital repairs, and improvements to municipal buildings and structural and systemic components thereof. The projects listed above have been identified, reviewed, and recommended by the Capital Budget Committee to be completed utilizing funding available in the dedicated Municipal Buildings Capital Stabilization Fund. The School Committee, Board of Selectmen, and the Permanent Planning and Building Committee also reviewed and recommended projects for those facilities under their jurisdiction. Additional information about these projects can be found on the town website. The Warren Committee recommends passage. 
Okay, thank you. Are there any questions or comments on the motion on Article 9? Microphone number one, please. Thank you. Hi, there you can hear me. Matt Perillo, 44 Evergreen Way. Um, appreciate uh, all the work that's gone into this. Was curious about the fact that some of the Dale School requests came in under what was asked for or what, what was approved. So things like ceiling tiles, uh, doors and locks needing replacement. Don't have kids in that school haven't been in, but my question would be, you know, are we comfortable that the safety and the security of that school in the short term uh, is met by not necessarily uh, providing the funds that they asked for? And depending on that answer, I may have a procedural type question. Okay. Warren, come here, Chief. I'll take that because I was the one at the um, at the meeting that requested all of the reductions um, and my specific requirement was I only wanted us to fund what would give us the safety of the students and of the teachers nothing extra that would just be cosmetic I didn't want them replacing ceiling tiles if all it was to do was to make it look better but if there was a real issue in a classroom that was going to affect the safety and wellness of the teachers and the students, I wanted them to really look at it hard. Um, so that was that one. Um, the other ones that changed. Um, Door, instance, doors and locks is the one I was curious right, about. Right, so, so the doors and locks, there was a larger conversation about that because the current vendor we have, it has an extremely high cost per door and lock, which is one of the reasons why it was so high. So they're gonna find a new vendor. Um, they are going to replace the doors and the locks of, there are some doors inside of the building that actually are not locking right now, which is a real problem. So those will all get fixed. Um, so any of them, again, that meet that safety and wellness standard are getting done, but we're not gonna replace every single door just to replace every single door. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. Any other questions? Article nine, the motion on article nine, if there isn't, we'll put this to a vote. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Adeema carries by the required two-thirds. Article number 10. Article number 10 uh, is, a, is a vote to raise and appropriate and or transfer from available funds a sum of $2 million into the designated capital stabilization fund. Uh, was offered by the Capital Budget Committee and Warren Committee Chairperson Sharon Tatro has a motion. Move that the town transfer a sum of $2 million from free cash into the capital stabilization fund. The 2021 annual town meeting approved the creation of a special purpose stabilization fund entitled the capital stabilization fund. The capital stabilization fund can only be used to fund capital projects and the debt service related to capital projects, including equipment, vehicles, repairs to equipment and vehicles, public work improvements, and other non-municipal building and non-school building capital projects. The $2 million will be transferred from available certified free cash. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Questions or comments from microphone two? Uh, yes, uh, Sean Devlin, 11 Donnelly Drive. Um, I see here a skid steer for $100,000.
that seems very high to me. You could buy two skid steers for that. So I just wanted to confirm that that's correct on page 36. Yeah, okay, we'll get to that on the next right. article. Thank you. Oh, is that the okay. next one? Sorry. So relative to the transfer here under Article 10, requires just a majority vote. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed? Deem that the motion carries. Okay, Article 11. Article 11 is the vote to appropriate the sum of money to pay the, the cost of certain capital projects uh, as listed beginning on page uh, 35. It's again offered by the Capital Budget Committee. And again, uh, Warren Committee Chairperson Sharon Tatro has a motion. Move that $2,057,686 is appropriated to pay costs of funding the capital projects described in Article 11. In the recommended amounts identified in said Article 11 for each such project, including all costs incidental and related thereto, the approved capital projects, that to meet the appropriation, the town shall fund each of said approved capital projects from the recommended source of funding identified in said Article 11, and that the Board of Selectmen is authorized to enter into any contracts and to take all actions necessary to carry out said approved capital projects. Okay, so now we'll go back to the question, I guess, on the, uh, on the skid steer. One second. Mel. Mel. Good evening. Maurice Goulet, Director of Public Works. The, uh, the skits here includes all the attachments that goes with it. Uh, we're looking at a plow, we're looking at a sweeper, we're looking at a co-planer. That's the, the grinding machine that will uh, grind up the asphalt so we can repave. So all that together uh, constitutes the, the $100,000 cost. Further questions or comments? Microphone number one. Uh, hi, Joe Hunt, 31 Cheney Pond Road. Um, I just had a question with respect to the appropriation, the determination, whether it should be raised by borrowing or taxes, um, particularly the fact that there's $2 million approximately in total for this Article 11, whereas the previous Article 10 were transferring $2 million of free cash. Why would we have to worry about potentially borrowing money or raising taxes if we have cash on hand that already could have potentially funded that? So okay, good question. Sorry. This article does not have any borrowing in it that's in the motion in case we decided at any point during this process that we'd be borrowing, but there's no borrowing in here. And you'll see in the recommended source, you'll see where we're expecting to pay that money from, including the capital stabilization fund paying from that $2 million you just appropriated in there. Thank you. You're welcome. Any other questions? If not, we're going to vote our capital budget. It requires a simple majority. Uh, we'll vote on the motion offered by uh, Sharon Tatro. All in favor, please say aye. Opposed? I deem that the motion carries. Article 12. Article 12 is, a, is an article to, which votes... Two-thirds. No, that is a two-thirds. Excuse me. Uh, we're going to re-vote that. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Going to deem that it uh, passes by the required two-thirds vote. Thank you. Article 12. Article 12 is an article in which we vote to raise, appropriate, or transfer from available funds the sum of money to, 
to the Water Enterprise Fund and the Sewer Enterprise Fund, found on page 37 of the Warrant Report. And again, this, this uh, was offered by the Capital Budget Committee, the Parks and Recreation Commission, and the Board and Water of Sewage. And Warrant Committee Member Bob Sliney has a motion. Article 12, to see if the town will vote to raise appropriate transfer from available funds, the sum of money for the Water Enterprise Fund and the Sewer Enterprise Fund as follows, or enact in any manner thereto. Move that the town raise appropriated transfer from available funds the sum of $3,301,778 for the Water Enterprise Fund and $2,219,116 for the Sewer Enterprise Fund as set out in the warrant. The Water and Sewer Enterprise Funds were created in 1990 and allows each enterprise fund to account separately for all financial activities associated with the delivery of water and sewer services to the town. The Enterprise Fund Enabling Statute provides that enterprise revenues may only be used for enterprise-related expenses. A full copy of the water and sewer budget breakdown is included at the end of the warrant for your review. The Warrant Committee recommends passage. Thank you. Are there any questions on Article 12? Comments? If not, we'll put it to a vote. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed? Requires just a simple majority. I deem it passes. Article 7. Article 7 is our operating budget. We vote to raise and appropriate and or transfer from available sums, sums of money to fray the operating expenses of the town of Medfield for the fiscal year, which commences on July 1. It's offered by the Board of Selectmen, uh, Warrant Committee Chairperson Sharon Tato. Do you have any motion? No. Nope. Yep. I'll read the. Uh, you want to read it first, yeah. or? If you want to read the motion, I'll read off I'll, right. for the holds. Move that the town appropriate $68,161,645 to the various departmental operating budgets to defray the operating expenses of the town for the fiscal year commencing July 1, 2022, as set out in Article 7 of the Warrant Report. Under the column, Warrant Committee recommends, and that to meet said appropriation sums be raised on the fiscal year 2023 tax levy and or transferred from other available funds as set out in said warrant report. Okay, what I will do now is I'm gonna read the line items and if anybody wishes to place a hold so that we can come back and have a discussion or deliberation on that particular line item, we will come back and do that. So I'll try to move at a fast pace through these line items, but please just yell out hold if you wanna hold. So we start uh, with the first one, workers and compensation, workers compensation insurance health and life insurance, liability insurance, unemployment compensation, Medicare insurance, county retirement contribution, OPEB contribution, selectman salaries, selectman operations, town administrator salaries, town administrator operations, warrant committee operations, town accountant salaries, town accountant operations, assessor salaries, assessor operations, Treasurer collector salaries, treasurer collector's operations, town council operations, human resource salaries, 
human resource operations, information technology salaries, information technology operations, town clerk and election registrar salaries, town clerk and election registrar operations, conservation commission salaries, conservation commission operations, planning and zoning salaries, planning and zoning and appeals operations, town public buildings and property maintenance salaries, town building and property maintenance operations, town report and meeting salaries, town report and meetings operations, police operations salaries, police operations operations, traffic markings, signs, operations, fire and rescue operations, salaries, fire and rescue operations, operations, inspector salaries, inspections, operations, sealer salaries, sealer operations, emergency management salaries, emergency management operations, animal control salaries, animal control operations, tree care salaries, tree care operations, highway salaries, highway operations, snow and ice salaries, snow and ice operations, street lighting operations, equipment repair maintenance salaries, equipment repair maintenance operations, sidewalk operations, solid waste disposal salaries, solid waste disposal operations, cemetery salaries, cemetery operations, health salaries, health operations, counts on aging personnel, counts on aging operations, veteran salaries, veterans operations, outreach salaries, outreach operations, library salaries, library operations, park and recreation salaries, park and recreation operations, historical commission operations, Memorial Day Veterans Day operations, Arts Cultural Council, our reserve fund, town debt principal, town debt interest, regional vocational schools operations, school personnel, school administration and operations. I'm sorry, hold on line item 01302, the, uh, on one. Yep, one and two. Okay, so now what we do is we vote the rest of those items. Uh, and so, uh, based on what I just read and there being no holds on any of the other items and uh, related to the motion offered by Sharon Tatro, we'll vote on the other items. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. All opposed? Okay. So those items have all passed unanimously. And so we have, uh, let's, uh, do you want to approach uh, microphone number one regarding 01301 and 01302, school personnel and school administration operations. Uh, Chris Potts, 7 Curve Street. Um, I think over the last couple of years, it's been difficult with the school budget because we haven't gotten a mailer that has the details in it before town meeting. So um, this probably could save some of these questions. Um, so I have three questions about the um, operating budget for the schools. Uh, what assumptions were made in the budget for FY23 with regard to kindergarten revenue this fall, and how many students did that, was that based on? Okay, so is this, do we want the school committee? 
or do you guys want to take it up here? Questions? No, it would go to the school committee. Yeah. So maybe if we could have members of the school committee uh, approach microphone number two. It's going to be. What? Okay. Sure. If it's easier and that's active right there, we can go right to the podium, Mike. So every year we budget for approximately 200 students, but we only budget for 150 because we do have kids that uh, qualify for reduced or free tuition. So enrollment for the fall kindergarten is? 180. 180, okay, thank you. I'd stay there. Oh, Mike, <laughs> I think we have a second question. Um, uh, if, just to re I, I, I couldn't, uh, find this in the materials tonight. I know that it was actually in the um, hearing present presentation, but the amount of the late bus fee, what was that amount again? And then uh, also just a uh, question if this could be a per precursor to a permanent bus, to permanent bus fees, and was that factored into future budget projections? Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Jeff Myers and Superintendent Schools. There are no late bus fees for next year. No, there is an amount budgeted, though, in this for FY23 for a late bus. That's in the ESSER funds. It's not in our budget. But what was the, but it was in, it's in the financials. The amount is how much? It's used the ESSER grant funds, 61000 Okay. I can double check it. I have it here. Uh, and then the last question is, um, what is the total superintendent compensation for FY23? 66,000, Chris. I think that goes bus. to the previous 63s. question. Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. With, while going back to the late bus fee, even though it's in the ESSER grant, um, it had been stated at a former school committee, uh, former school committee meetings that that could be a, per a precursor to having a late, to having bus, implementing mm -hmm. bus fees, because it would for, be an attraction to having the late bus. Or a late bus, fees for a late bus in, in FY24. Okay, thank you. Final yep, question? Sure. Final question. Uh, total super, what would be to total superintendent compensation for FY23, including the $5,000 annual longevity bonus? Um, this was never made public, so I'm just wondering what was incorporated into the budget. Jess, do you want to take that, or? I don't even have, I don't have my, I don't have that in front of me. Michael might have it. Yeah, you have all the information. 
So the superintendent's uh, salary for budget fiscal year 2023. Total compensation. Sorry, Jess, I said. Oh, sure. If you'd like me to add a 5000 on, I will. Uh, but the actual uh, salary is $241.59.66. Uh, there is a longevity bonus that begins uh, this year, fiscal year 23, of $5,000. Um, that is not added into the base salary, but is simply a, uh, a essentially an incentive for Dr. Marsden to stay. He is at 10 years of service at this point, and that is in alignment with the rest of the teacher's contracts. And that is fairly standard across the board in many districts. Um, actually, Dr. Marsden does not have any additional compensation beyond that. So when we researched various superintendents' contracts, we would find base salaries, but there are many other ways that school committees uh, recompense their superintendent with uh, transportation bonuses, with housing bonuses, let's see, um, increased 403Bs, uh, and um, vacation buyback. Uh, we found that Dr. Morrison's contract was one of the most straightforward that we found in comparison districts. And then we looked for, uh, particularly for somebody with his level and longevity of experience, and particularly within the district, which is at this point 10 years, which is a fairly rare occurrence within districts. The average amount of time that a superintendent stays in a district is five years. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All good? Okay. So we're going to vote those two line items as they appeared as printed in the warrant. So line item 01300-1 was uh, 33,014,934. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, deem that carries. 01300-2, school administration operations. Uh, that number is 6,492, uh, and uh, comma 014. All in favor of that, please say aye. Aye. Okay, we didn't have any other holds. Do you have a question? Um, just, I'm at, uh, if I could please act as, ask a question for clarification. Doug Curl, uh, uh, 24 Arnold. Sure. Uh, the organization code 01192, it's uh, town building and maintenance. I'm just trying to understand how that, it seems like a very low number there to me for maintenance of, uh, um, you know, if that's all town buildings. And I've seen elsewhere in, in, in the pamphlet about a new boiler, for example, for Dale Street School. And what, how do we differentiate between a special project versus it's a maintenance, you know, a boiler to me would, would be, could be considered as a maintenance issue. So I'm just trying to understand how we, I think in 2019 I sat in a meeting and, and somebody got up and did a very um, detailed presentation about all the buildings in town and how underfunded we were on maintaining those buildings and some level of disrepair. And, Okay, I look well, at this number, it seems like it's way off the mark. Yeah, so the question is to speak to that number and also the question about uh, capital expenditures versus our, our, our maintenance budget. Yeah, where do we draw the line? What makes it a maintenance item versus a capital expenditure, I sure. guess? Yeah. 
Amateur. The 01192 account is for our just regular annual service contracts and preventative maintenance that we do on a regular basis at a smaller dollar amount. Once we trigger, you know, about a $25,000 or above, that's when it'll flip typically over to the capital side of things. This account here is just for town buildings as well, so it doesn't include the school departmental uh, janitors and their staff and their facilities expenses are covered in the school budget. So this is just the town side, our facilities director and our maintenance staff, and then our town buildings for, you know, electricity, um, service contracts and other projects that we do throughout the year just to keep things running regularly. So more, a little more deeper on that, um, could somebody refresh my memory on a town meeting, maybe it was the 19, and we had a, a good description of a listing of all the town buildings and, and you know, it sounded like we were way underfunded on it. Anybody want to speak to the, the funding of the maintenance of town buildings? I think you're referring to the Municipal Building Stabilization Fund. That was the meeting we had in 2018 where we outlined our 20-year capital plan for the buildings. That's what uh, we use as the resource for deciding what projects move forward in the article that we voted a few uh, minutes ago. Anybody want to address the issue of capital expenses versus uh, maintenance expenses, or do we need to? Any, that, that line? Is there anything to be said? Are there any further questions? No? Okay. okay. Thank you. Okay, we're going to vote the uh, entire budget now, if we could. We, vote, we have voted it in part. So now I would move that we approve uh, the total operating budget in the amount of $68,161,645. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed? Okay, that motion carries. Next article is Article 15. Article 15 is an article in which we are going to vote to a, on a proposed amendment to the town charter to be submitted to the voters in our next annual town meeting. So first, uh, hopefully the first Monday of, uh, of May next year relative to the election to change the name of the Board of Selectmen to the Select Board. Now, this is a motion offered by the Board of Selectmen, found on page 43. Warrant Committee Member Ed Vozella has a motion. Move that Article 15 be passed as printed in the warrant. The Board of Selectmen appointed a committee in August of 2021 to determine if the town should vote to approve a charter amendment to change the name of the Board of Selectmen to reflect the changing use of language. Committee reported back in November unanimously recommended, recommending that the Town of Medfield change the name of the Governing Board from Board of Selectmen to Select Board. If this article successfully passes at the 2022 Annual Town Meeting, it will then require a ballot question at the Annual Town Election in March 2023 in accordance with state law requirements. The Warren Committee recommends passage. Are there any questions on Article 15? Comments? Microphone number one. Hi, I thank you for uh, coming into the 21st century. This is super, <laughs> I really do. Um, I have one question about uh, at the last line which says amend all other articles and sections to change board of selectmen and or select men to select board. Will you also be using gender neutral uh, pronouns, so they, there, which is more in align, uh, more aligned with state and general policy at this point, as opposed to his, her. 
I, uh, we haven't actually had any discussion, but I think we'd want to stay in line with whatever standards are used, so. Okay, I'm curious. I just wanted to make sure that when we change, we don't want to have to go back and change again. So. You're, you're talking as opposed to saying he or she or Correct. something like that? Yeah, I, yeah. I would assume that'd be a more straightforward way to do it. I yep. know, it's a proper English thing, but English mm -hmm. changes. Thank you, appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Okay, we're gonna put Article 15 to a vote. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, recognize that it passes. Point of order, Mr. Moderator. Please. Could you declare the two-thirds on that? I'm sorry? Could you declare the two-thirds vote on that particular That is department? a two-thirds vote? It is, thank you. Okay, so we're gonna vote that again. Just proving the imperfections of the process. Okay, here we go. We're going to vote on Article 15 again. All in favor? Uh, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, I deem that it carries by the required two-thirds vote. Thank you. Next article is Article 21. Article 21 is an article to appropriate a sum of money to pay the cost of replacing a portion of the roof at the Blake Middle School and a portion of the roof at the Medfield High School was offered by the school committee and the board of selectmen. Uh, it does require a two-thirds vote. Uh, Warrant committee member Sharon Tacho has a motion and a report. Move that $1,123,538.20 is appropriated to pay costs of replacing a portion of the roof at the Blake Middle School, 24 Pound Street, Medfield, Mass, 02052, and a portion of the roof at Medfield High School, 88 South Street, Medfield, Mass, 02052, including the payment of all costs incidental and related thereto that this appropriation shall be funded from. A, $596,254.94 of unexpended proceeds of the town's general obligation municipal purpose loan of 2015 bonds dated May 28, 2015, pursuant to section 20 of chapter 44 of the general laws, which amount constitutes the total amount of unexpended proceeds related to the bonds issued for the public safety building project pursuant to the vote of the town passed on March 23rd, 2015, article two, which project has been completed and has no remaining costs to be paid. B. $227,283.26 of unexpended proceeds of the town's general obligation municipal purpose loan of 2015 bonds dated May 28, 2015, pursuant to section 20 of chapter 44 of the general laws, which amount constitutes the total amount of unexpended proceeds related to the bonds issued for the photovoltaic array project at the water wastewater treatment plant pursuant to the vote of the town passed on March 23, 2015, Article 1, which project has been completed and has no remaining cost to be paid, and which unexpended amount was previously appropriated for a solar project at the town garage, pursuant to the vote of the town passed on April 25, 2016, Article 24, but is no longer needed for that purpose. And C, $300,000 to be transferred from the Municipal Buildings Capital Stabilization Fund. In February of this year, the facility's staff encountered extreme water damage to several rooms at Blake Middle School. 
This resulted in three classrooms and one office needing to be relocated within the middle school. At that time, temporary par partial patches to the roof were installed to attempt to stop further damage. On behalf of the town's insurance company, an outside consultant was retained to investigate the roof damage and leaks. Their assessment indicates that a portion of the middle school roof structure has failed, not allowing the roof to drain properly. It is their recommendation to replace that section of the roof. An engineer has been hired to develop the scope of work and we anticipating public bids will be issued in April. The Blake Middle School is the priority, but if the construction bids are lower than anticipated, a portion of the roof at the high school will be included as well. This project will be funded using unexpended bond proceeds from the Public Safety Building, the DPW Solar Project, and the Municipal Building Stabilization Fund. Are there any questions, comments on Article 21? Requires two-thirds of a vote for passage. If there are none, we'll put it to a vote. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Adema carries by the required two-thirds. Next article is Article 19. Article 19 is a vote to raise and appropriate and or transfer from available funds the costs associated with the preparation of an open space and recreation plan. Now, this article was sponsored by the Conservation Commission together with the Parks and Recreation Commission, found on page 46 of the Warrant Report, and Warrant Committee member uh, Amanda Hall has a motion. Move that the town appropriate $25,000 from free cash for the costs associated with the preparation of an open space and recreation plan. Open space and recreation plans are a tool that allow a town to plan for the future of conservation and recreation resources. The plan is informed through a public participation process and reflects the needs of the community. After a plan is completed and approved by the Commonwealth, the town is eligible for grant programs for a period of up to seven years. The current Medfield Open Space and Recreation Plan expires in November 2022. This appropriation will be made from free cash. Excellent. Any questions or comments on Article 19? If there are none, it requires a simple majority vote. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Deem that the motion carries. Article 18. Article 18 is an article in which we're going to vote to appropriate and or transfer from available funds the Municipal Building Capitalization Fund, or otherwise a sum of $250,000 to be expended under the direction of the School Building Committee for paying the cost of a feasibility study. It's found on page 45. It's being offered by the Board of Selectmen and by the School Committee. It does require a two-thirds vote for passage and Warrant Committee member Jillian Rafter has a motion. Move that the town appropriate 250,000 to be expended under the direction of the School Building Committee for paying the cost of a feasibility study for the purposes as set out in the warrant, and that said appropriation will be funded with a transfer from the Municipal Buildings Capital Stabilization Fund in the amount of $70,000, and from the MSBA Grant Reimbursement Interest Account General Ledger 01-329602 in the amount of 180000 This article would appropriate 250000 to the board School Building Committee to reconsider the future of the Dale Street School and provide the funds to begin a new feasibility study for the project. If the money is not expended, it would be transferred into the Municipal Building Stabilization Fund at the 2023 Annual Town Meeting. 
Questions or comments? Microphone number one. Yep. Chris Potts, 7 Curve Street. Um, I move to amend Article 18 to insert the following words before, quote, public outreach. Uh, and I'll just read the sentence. A sum of $250,000 to be expended under the direction of the School Building Committee for paying the cost of a feasibility study, including but not limited to an independent, comprehensive school enrollment and capacity analysis. This would be a non-binding request but it should be explicit that that, could, that money could be used for that purpose. Capture that. Okay. Second. Christine, if you, don't, if you don't mind, Chris, if you don't mind just restating the, yep. the, in, the interlineation there on the... Let's see. Um, let's see. Insert the following words before, quote, public, public outreach. A sum of $250,000 to be expended under the direction of the school building committee for paying the costs of a feasibility study, including, but not limited to, and these would be the words inserted, uh, not limited to an independent, comprehensive school enrollment and capacity okay. analysis. Okay. Sorry. We have to go slow, because we're going to we're gonna have to read this back. Independent, comprehensive. School enrollment and capacity analysis. Following limited to and before public outreach. Correct. And I just want to um, just explain this a little bit. There are other districts that have hired um, firms besides NESDEC, which is who we currently use, to conduct more comprehensive analysis of school enrollment and uh, projections and demographics over a longer period of time. And I actually learned that in Amesbury, that when they went to MSBA to ask for an enrollment uh, correction in the middle of their feasibility study, that they allowed it uh, without much problem at all. So we just have to be clear on our enrollment. And Adam, I'm just going to confirm that, that for that amendment, we don't need the two-thirds vote. We... Uh, Mr. Moderator, that's correct. For the purpose of the amendment, you don't need the two-thirds vote. Okay. So we're going to vote on that amendment. The amend amendment, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, is following the words in the fourth line as printed in the warrant, but not limited to uh, it's going to include for an independent, comprehensive school enroll enrollment analysis. Is that correct? Okay. All right. Including but not limited to an independent, comprehensive school enrollment and capacity analysis. So that's the amendment to the motion as printed in the warrant. We're going to vote that. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? I'm going to deem that, that it carries. Microphone number one. Hi there. Anna Mayo Shea Brook, 111 Pine Street. Um, I'm actually speaking on behalf of the school committee. The school committee deliberated on our intentions in co-sponsoring Article 18 as they relate to our specific responsibilities, and we would like to share our main points in support of this article. Co-sponsoring with the select board reflects how both the school committee and the select board would like to purposefully collaborate going forward. We are comfortable that the scope of the article could allow for professional consultation and support to assess town priorities and potential reuse of the initial feasibility study should the new SBC decide that that process was needed. We'd like to reiterate that although we need a new school, we must maintain focus on the larger picture and the long-term planning of all our schools. 
The $250,000 appropriation was put forth by the town administrator and is based on an estimate by the Permanent Building Committee as half of the amount of a full feasibility study could cost. Appropriating this amount out of the municipal building fund reflects the long-term planning nature of the project and has been vetted by both the Warrant Committee and the town's financial professionals. What remains, if any, will be re returned to the fund. In May of next year, of, uh, next year, a future better informed school building committee is expected to come back to town meeting to request the remainder of the funding they need. Passing of Article 18 would allow the SBC, once formed, and whether or not we are accepted into the MSBA, to begin use of the funds and prevent waiting until the next annual town meeting a year from now. We feel strongly that this appropriation is in the best interest of our town and of our schools. We ask you to please support its passage. Thank you. Thank you. Microphone number two. Great. Uh, excuse me. Dick Judge, Juniper Lane. A uh, couple things right off the bat. Yes, we need a, a new school or a rebuilt school. Two, I have the deepest respect for the school committee, especially Anna May and the way she's carried herself throughout the last couple of years. Now comes the tough part. Um, in 1903, the school committee decided to abolish the high school in Medfield. Two years later, the public came back and said, this is a matter of pride. We need to reestablish the high school. My point in that is, occasionally a school committee is wrong. And in this case, we stood here and frankly heard the same thing about a million dollars that we invested in a, in a uh, we appropriated to look at the feasibility of the schools. One, where is that million dollars? And two, I want it back. Because all we ended up with was a single choice. A feasibility study is to look at many different things and many different aspects. So, why in the world, I mean, these, these good folks may vote for $250 appropriation for another feasibility study on top of the million that they already spent. But I find it hard to believe that we would entrust another $250,000 to the same cause and the same group. Again, the school committee deserves all the kudos in the world. They've educated these Medfield kids top of the class. But at a certain point, we have to make judgments on the leadership of the school committee or the superintendent himself. Without going any further, $250,000 for a superintendent, 
$250,000 for another feasibility study and a million dollar feasibility study that we have nothing to show for. I know it's not popular, but I just wanted to point out that occasionally a school committee is wrong. And perhaps we ought to look at this closer and closer as to who does the feasibility study. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you for your comments. There might have been other times between 1903 and now as well, but we'll stay, stay with that. Microphone number one. Uh, Jerry Potts, 7 Curve Street. Um, I, I actually want to thank the school committee and uh, the board of selectmen, or whatever you're going to be called in the near future, uh, for moving this ahead. I strongly support getting a new school. Um, I strongly support a process, and we'll discuss it later on other articles, about the town being openly involved and engaged in what's best for all of us. I think the 250 keeps us um, moving quickly towards getting what I think many of us on whatever side uh, you were on believes, which is we need a, a better school option. So I want to thank the Board of Selectmen and the school committee for moving this ahead. I strongly support it. Thank you. Microphone number two. Uh, Brad Ship, 67 Causeway Street. I'm usually pretty quiet, but uh, hearing the previous gentleman spoke, speak, uh, I had to come up. So, uh, first of all, it's not 1903, it's 20, 2022. Um, and the bottom line is, my daughter is in fourth grade, goes to a school that's falling down, right? That's the bottom line. And I think what you're hearing is from both people who supported the new school at Wheelock and who wanted a new school at Dale, they are supporting this $250,000. And I think anything that gets, hopefully my son who'll be in kindergarten next year into a school that doesn't have ceiling tiles falling down that we can't afford to fix and all kinds of other problems, uh, I think is a wonderful thing. And so thank you for hearing my, my thought. Hey, thank you. Okay. Final comment at microphone number one. Hi everyone, uh, no comment. I just have a question for uh, the warrant Could you just committee. identify yourself if you would? Uh, sorry, John Fedak, 23 Hawthorne Road. Thank you. I just have a question for the warrant committee. What is the warrant committee recommendation on the issue? We were unanimously in support. Thank you. Okay. If there are no other questions or comments, this vote does require a two-thirds vote. We're going to be voting on the motion as amended. The motion as amended reads to see if the town will vote to appropriate and or transfer from available funds or moving that the town appropriate and transfer from available funds the municipal building capitalization stable, excuse me, the municipal buildings capital stabilization fund or otherwise a sum of $250,000 to be expended under the direction of the school building committee for paying the cost of a feasibility study, including but not limited to an independent comprehensive school enrollment and capacity analysis, public outreach, obtaining soil borings, topographical studies, land surveys, and the, the remainder as printed in the warrant. Was that presented as a non-binding amendment or a binding amendment? I thought it was non-binding, but that's not in there, I don't think. Excuse me, Mr. Moderator, can I just clarify? Please. When I mentioned non-binding, it was because the wording in the article itself 
just gives examples of how the money can be used. Doesn't mean that it has to be used that specific way. So I may have confused things by saying it was non-binding, but it, they were just examples. I just wanted, I didn't want to get to a point where it was down the road, somebody said, we can't use the money for that. So I hope that helps. So I'm being told, which is what I understood, there's not really a distinction between a binding and non-binding amendment. This is, includes an including two, doesn't produce any requirements to spend for that purpose, but it adds to the other things by which those funds could be expended. Okay, with that said, we're going to put it to a vote. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. Yeah, I deem that it carries by the two-thirds required. Okay, so we're going to turn our attention now, uh, having completed what I was calling the regular business of the town, and, and now we will address Articles 14 and 20 in, in that particular order. Uh, Again, I'm appreciative of everyone being here, being part of our quorum of uh, 332 people, so thank you very much. Uh, yes, you can applaud. <laughs> if you were here last week, you can applaud. <laughs> if you, or if you're here tonight, applaud. But anyway, much appreciated. Article 14. Okay, Article 14 is an article uh, in which we will vote to amend the code of the town of Medfield Chapter 10, this goes to boards, commissions, committees, councils. Article 4 of the Permanent Planning and Building Committee to provide for a school building committee. This was an article that was offered by the School Building Committee Bylaw Review Committee. And we have a motion from, uh, a positive main motion from Jeremy Marset. Move that Article 14 be approved as printed in the warrant with the following amendments. Section 10-20P1B, in the first sentence, insert the words, quote, full-time compensated, end quote, prior to the word employees. Section 10-20P1B2, replace the third sentence with the following, quote, one appointment will be a senior Medfield resident, 65 years of age or over, end quote. Section 10-20P1B3, Replace the second sentence with the following, quote, one appointment will be a current planning board member selected by the planning board to represent the planning board's responsibilities and priorities, including the townwide master plan, end quote. Section 10-20P1B3, replace the third sentence with the following, quote, a minimum of one appointee will be a current member of the permanent planning and building committee selected by the Permanent Planning and Building Committee, end quote. Section 10-20P1B3 replaced the fourth sentence with the following, quote, of, of these four appointees, a minimum of two will endeavor to have experience in pertinent areas such as architecture, building engineering, commercial or municipal construction, and or construction law slash contracts, at least one of which appointees shall have exercised expertise in energy slash sustainability measures, including knowledge of Medfield's energy goals to meet net zero, end quote. Section 10-20P2A, replace the sentence with the following, quote. Owen, could you just keep advancing the slides as we're moving through the, uh, the amendments with Jeremy? Thanks. 
Up on the screen, you'll see the red line full version, the copy of which was included on in the handouts on the way into the hall. Sorry for interrupting. Section 10-20 P2A replaced the sentence with the following, quote, a majority of the voting members of the SBC shall, shall be present at any meeting to constitute a quorum, end quote. Section 10-20 P2B removed the text, quote, eight of 12, end quote. Section 1020 P2C replaced the second sentence with the following, quote, with the exclusion of the subcommittee meetings for which the subcommittee shall be responsible for taking minutes, the town of Medfield shall provide a clerk if necessary to take meeting minutes, to take minutes of the meeting and to endeavor to record audio or video the meeting, end quote. And finally, section 10-20 P2C replaced the third sentence with the following, quote, the minutes and recordings shall be available to the public on the school departments and town's websites throughout the duration of the school project, end quote. Thank you, and do you have a report? Yes, Mr. Moderator. At the 2021 annual town meeting under Article 30, town meeting approved the creation of a school building committee bylaw review committee. The bylaw review committee was appointed by the town moderator and given the charge of reviewing, creating, and or updating the Medfield town bylaws relating to appointment and member composition of future school building committees. In consultation with Town Legal Council, the Bylaw Review Committee has proposed changes to Article 4 of the Town of Medfield Bylaws. These proposed changes provide clarity and guidance regarding appointment of future school building committees. The Bylaw Review Committee has proposed changes that seek to create future school building committees that are composed of members with diverse backgrounds, relevant skills and expertise, and that equitably represent the residents and community of Medfield. The Bylaw Review Committee has met several times with a Warrant Committee. Through these, through these meetings, mutually agreed amendments to the article language as printed in the Warrant have been developed. The Warrant Committee recommends passage as amended. Okay, so just to be clear, what we have is the positive main motion having been uh, offered by Jeremy Marset right there. That's the motion that is on the floor. This is where I remind you it's not as printed in the Warrant, but as he uh, talked about the interlineation. Now we're gonna have a, a Actually, we have a minority report from the Warrant Committee first, and then we're going to go to the uh, SBC Bylaw Review Committee. Okay. The process by which the town is governed and the decisions are made is important. The intent of the proposed Article 14 to ensure broad input and transparency in the approval and development of a school building is commendable. And I'd like to specifically thank the SBC Bylaw Review Committee for their hard work to deliver a bylaw proposal in such a short period of time. The school project is complex, expensive, and critical to the town. And it is clear that there is consensus that a new school building is needed. Their work has laid a good foundation upon which to build. However, I do have concerns with the manner in which the article was assembled, as well as portions of the article's content. It's worth noting that the timing of this article is on the heels of the previous school project and that the process of the prior school project is undoubtedly a factor as to why the article is being proposed. But we should not be reactive by making material and highly prescriptive changes to our bylaws in response to one scenario, but rather be thoughtful and open about what could have or should have been done better and determine the best way to ensure the future procedures are in fact better. Improvements can be made at various levels and in various ways 
And if changes to our bylaws are necessary, this should be thoroughly and openly thought through and discussed with enough time for meaningful input. First, it was a tight timeline. We're all aware that this article was pushed forward in a month's time to include for annual town meeting, involving rushed meetings with select groups that partially attended Saturday committee meetings. Input from, input from groups, including the Warrant Committee, has been provided in an effort to be collaborative and tweak around the edges to incrementally improve the proposed bylaw in a manner that's easily digestible for the forum of annual town meeting. Discussions with interested parties and suggestions have been coming in as recently as last week after postponing the annual town meeting. But this is not a good or healthy process, certainly in relation to codified bylaws. And it's not a process that ensures that the bylaw will be effective over time. After such meetings, it appears that there is still some discomfort in the process, details, and potential impact. Additional time should be taken to ensure the comfort with the amendment, allowing for evaluation of inconsistencies or use of language that may have broader unrealized impacts. Letters written to the Bylaw Review Committee in support of making these changes specifically state, and I'll quote, while speed is important, it must not take precedence over having a good bylaw that is acceptable to the town. The bylaw must be in line with what the community wants, finds acceptable, and force future issues. I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree with this sentiment, as well as many more of the comments that have been included in such letters request, requesting the review of the SBC process. But not including critical stakeholders and holding rushed efforts does not achieve this goal. Second, it lacked input or obtained last-minute input by critical stakeholders. The input and feedback process in drafting the article initially failed to include key, relevant, and impacted stakeholders, such as the school committee, school district representatives, some of which were brought into the discussion within the past week due to the extended annual town meeting. The Permanent Planning and Building Committee has not yet been formally consulted in the process of drafting the article. This is troubling as committee formation is a foundational step to the school building process. And these are the exact parties that have the direct expertise and ultimately will have to live day to day with and manage the outcomes. With only a month review, it further does not appear that much of the public was aware that this bylaw was specifically being reviewed and put forward, and therefore was not engaged. Transparency and inclusion was identified by some as a weakness in the prior school project process, and regardless of a person's views, such weakness should not be repeated. By timely including key stakeholders and community input, by not timely including key stakeholders and community input, we're simply repeating what was identified as a weakness in the last school project. We should learn from the past and make the corrections. Three, over-prescribing in the bylaws potentially harms us in the long run. Having reviewed other examples, most other bylaws do not get this prescriptive, and it appears to be unique for the Medfield School Project. The first requirement by the MSBA, the state body from which we hope to obtain funding, is to comply with our bylaws. Article 14 not only includes a large number of members required, but it is more prescriptive with each category of nominating committee members. The larger and more prescriptive we get, the more difficult it will be to meet our bylaw requirements. Um, and it may actually cause delay in meeting it. 
The self-imposed complexity can impact our ability to meet MSBA requirements and impact timelines. The MSBA already includes minimum criteria for the committee, which admittedly is addressed in, the, in this article, but the article goes much further than what is required by MSBA. Fourth, specifying a member of 65 and older. The article specifies that one category of nominated members must include a resident of the community age 65 or over. While I agree that this is a population that absolutely should be heard, represented, and provide input, by including this requirement, we're single out, singling out one specific group in the population, but other groups are not expressly given similar weight. Further, any number of other, of other committee members could already be 65 or older, and this drafting overlooks that fact. As such, we should not specify this group in the bylaw. We should, however, conduct hearings and employ various other means to ensure that all interested parties have an opportunity to weigh in. And in assembling the committee, we should endeavor to include appropriate diversity, impacted parties, and relevant skill sets. The purpose of the school building committee is to design the most cost-effective building that best meets the educational vision, vision of Medfield school system. All committee members have that responsibility, regardless of age. Fifth, the potential conflict with current oversight and responsibility structure. Currently, the Permanent Planning and Building Committee have oversight of structures under the current bylaw, and they have both the expertise and responsibility for complex projects and larger picture across town. Setting up a completely separate structure without maintaining a consistent role of the PPBC creates a conflict in the, in the structure for oversight, and such segmentation can lead to issues due to gaps in strategy and decisions going forward. A school building committee can be assembled under the current bylaws, and the PB, PPBC can delegate authority, but it's important that they still have some level of oversight and responsibility as the committee will be temporary for the project. Considering that we know there will be a special town meeting, I would recommend we not approve the article and repeat the mistakes of not ensuring time for appropriate input and thought, especially in relation to bylaws and foundational steps on a project of this size. If we do, in fact, want to amend the bylaws, we should have more open discussion and process around this foundational step and across the stakeholders. Thank you. Okay, but thank you. Okay, so that was the majority in the minority report. The vote of the Warren Committee was six to three in uh, favor of the, of the motion. Uh, microphone number two, we're going to get a report from the School Building Committee Bylaw Review Committee, Sarah Lemke. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Uh, Sarah Lemke, 172 Harding Street, uh, on behalf of the School Building Committee Bylaw Review Committee. So. <laughs> That committee was formed in early March with the objective to develop an article for this annual town meeting, establishing the requirements for the formation of a school building committee. We met over nine times at uh, publicly noticed open meetings held on Zoom where members of the public did uh, attend and participate. We considered issues such as how many people should be on the committee so that it could work in an efficient manner, who would appoint the members, how long they would serve, voting versus non-voting members, what qualifications those members should have, how much consensus would be required to move forward. We solicited and received feedback from members of the public and incorporated that feedback where appropriate. We reviewed sample bylaws from a number of nearby communities that have had recent school projects. 
Lastly, we reviewed and aligned our bylaw with the requirements of the state for an MSBA project in the event we moved in that direction. We settled on a committee of 12, which we felt was not too large to uh, take action, with four people appointed by the moderator, four appointed by the select board, and four appointed by the school committee. It was important to us that we have a diverse group of people appointing the members to reach a broad section of the community. We provided that no full-time employee of the town could be a voting member, although certain full-time school employees should participate as non-voting members. We required members with expertise in education, municipal construction projects and contracts, energy knowledge, as well as current members of the school committee, the planning board, and the warrant committee. After taking our vote and printing the article in the warrant, we had the opportunity to meet with the warrant committee and receive feedback that we should consider requiring a member of the permanent planning and building committee, which was something we thought would have happened informally through an appointment by one of the appointing authorities. Uh, upon further review, we agreed that that should be a re stated requirement rather than an informal process that might occur. The Warrant Committee presented changes this evening that are printed in the red line at the door and shown on the screen. All of those changes were reviewed and approved by a unanimous vote of our committee. Lastly, in addition, we required periodic public hearings to solicit feedback from members of the community on issues relating to scope, budget, and at least one public hearing on site selection for any school project. Thank you, and we ask for your support to allow the process of forming the SBC to go forward, including overseeing the feasibility study, which was just funded. We believe the process we engaged in was thorough, took adequate time, and covered all of the feedback that we received. And there are members of us here tonight to answer questions. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you. Okay, we're going to go first to uh, the select board, I almost said, the board of selectmen, soon to be the select board, I guess. Uh, and then we will go to microphones number one and two. If you are uh, in favor of the motion uh, after this, if you would go to microphone number two in opposition, go to microphone number one. And I'll go to the board of selectmen, uh, who I understand put a two to one in favor of the motion. And I guess we'll go to the majority first. Want to speak to that? The uh, Board of Selectmen voted uh, two to one in favor of this article. Uh, I would say that my goal is basically to assist the school committee to build a new school. Uh, I take a very practical view uh, that we need to move ahead and the sooner the better. Uh, this may not be the bylaw that I would have drafted, but we had a very talented group of people that worked on it and I defer to their, their collective wisdom. I think that uh, uh, moving ahead is, is more important to me than having a perfect bylaw. Um, I'll be looking to get as many of uh, our talented citizens from the uh, Permanent Planning and Building Committee onto any sort of school building committee that we go forward with. Um, I think that this committee that's presenting this bylaw did its work, they did its, their due diligence, and they were a very talented group, so I'm deferring to their judgment. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you. Eileen? So I, I'll be transparent. So I told people I would do when I was running for this office. If we had quorum last Monday, I actually was not in support of this. And in the meantime, I've had the great opportunity to talk to some of the members, get clarity. And one of the things that I'm passionate about, and which is why I'm sitting here tonight, is when we sat at the town meeting and we passed this initial bylaw, I think we need to make sure we send the signals that we're changing. 
Um, it's no secret we know we want a school. So I think as we've set aside money tonight, we're sending a message to the young parents and to all citizens that we want to move the ball forward. We're not going to sit still. I think this bylaw committee did, especially since I've had the opportunity in the last 72 hours to talk to some of the members, the passion, the time, the consideration, and many of them have been involved on school committee, on warrant committee. They are very familiar with how the process works. So they took the time and really thought about how best to make sure. And, and one of the, the members said this to me, and it really struck home. When we look out and we look at this committee six, nine, ten months down the road, you should be able, every person in the audience tonight and those watching um, in the cafeteria should be able to look and say, I can relate to that person on the committee, that it's not, it's not steered one way or the other, that we represent a community. The intent of this bylaw is to make sure that everyone is represented, all voices are heard. So I just want you to know that I very much appreciate the intent of what the bylaw committee put together, and I do support it, and I hope we do get support tonight. Thank you. And Mr. Murray. I, I hope the audience realizes that a town meeting that doesn't have at least one article with a clear and, and articulate argument on both sides, from both the ward committee and now from the board of selectmen, that would just be a dull, boring town meeting that wouldn't be any fun at all. So this turned out to be the article. Uh, before I start, there is one point I'll make in, in uh, observance of the committee that put this bylaw uh, revision together. I, I watched one video, participated in one of their meetings, and I told them at the end of that meeting that I participated in that if I did decide to speak against the article, that they should not look at that as a comment on my opinion or evaluation of the efforts they put in. I, I heard their discussions and I think they were trying to figure this out. So nothing that I have to say here is intended as, a, as kind of an attack on performance of the people on the committee. At the 2018 annual town meeting, the town approved Article 37, establishing a permanent planning and building committee to be, quote, responsible for overseeing the planning, prioritizing, design, approvals, construction, reconstruction, alteration, or enlargement of all buildings owned by the town or constructed on land owned, leased, or operated by the town, close quote. I think it's fair to say that at the time at least, the town was interested in ensuring that a group of highly qualified volunteers was readily available to serve on building committees in support of major construction projects so the town wasn't faced with the challenge of putting together a competent and capable building committee every time a new building project showed up on the radar screen. I also think the inclusion of planning in this committee's title reflected a desire to establish a committee that had a more strategic view of the full array of building projects the town was planning to take on over time as a way of ensuring a more manageable and strategically coherent approach to the construction of town buildings. Our current Permanent Planning and Building Committee has been serving in that capacity ever since the article was approved. At last year's annual town meeting, Article 30 was approved, calling for the establishment of a committee to create a Medfield Town Bylaw to govern school projects. The article specifically called for, quote, a school building committee appointment process led by the town moderator in keeping with Medfield school policy and designed to engage citizens at large, <clears throat> close quote. 
The explanation that accompanied this article in the warrant report indicated that this task could be accomplished either by revising the existing permanent planning and building committee bylaw or by creating a new bylaw to address school building projects. In other words, the article called for greater clarity on who has appointing authority for establishing school building committees. It also called for more opportunities for broad community engagement on school projects. It didn't call for the reversal of Article 37 that established the responsibility of the Permanent Planning and Building Committee to oversee all town building projects, and yet that's what this proposed bylaw revision will effectively do for the most costly and arguably most critical building projects this town undertakes, our school projects. It didn't call for a reconfiguration of the school building committees. Rather, it called for broader opportunities for citizens at large to have inputs into school building projects. And yet this revision makes far more significant changes to the composition of school building committees than it makes to the public involvement process called for in last year's article. As you consider how to vote on this article, recognize that this change is a fundamental shift in the town's approach to carrying out major building construction projects. We are effectively going back to the situation we were in prior to 2018 that gave rise to the 2018 article establishing the Permanent Planning and Building Committee. Do you really think that's a good idea? Leaving this fundamental question behind, consider the actual changes being proposed in this bylaw revision. Of direct interest to me, this revision totally eliminates all involvement of the town's executive branch, the Board of Selectmen, in the activities of a school building committee. Consider how much harder the job of that building committee is going to be if the BOS is basically in the dark about what the building committee has been doing until the building committee comes before the Board of Selectmen seeking approval at key points in the process. Consider how much harder it will be for a building committee to stay on track with the thinking of the BOS if there is no BOS representative working with the committee along the way. More generally, the appointment responsibilities are organized to present the appearance of balanced authority shared by the school committee, the town moderator, and the board of selectmen. But this is just a facade, because five of the members specified to serve on the school building committee are actually selected by the committees they serve on. This is no different than the specified ex officio members that aren't included in the appointment process, nor should it be different. All of these positions are first specified by the bylaw itself and then are specifically designated by the relevant committee. No discretionary judgment by a town official is required. The proposed bylaw revision also directly violates the specification of Article 30 approved at last year's annual town meeting that stated the town moderator should be responsible for appointing committee members. This at least makes clear who in town leadership has the lead responsibility to form the school building committee, a glaring deficiency in the proposed revision under consideration tonight. There are a number of other more specific deficiencies in the proposed bylaw revision. Let me give you just one. The proposed bylaw revision specifies that a member of the warrant committee, selected by the warrant committee, shall serve on the school building committee as a voting member of that committee. In the current bylaw, a member of the warrant committee is designated to serve on building committees but as an ex officio or non-voting member of the committee. It's undoubtedly a good thing to have a member of the Warrant Committee serving on the School Building Committee as a way to promote better awareness and understanding of the project on the Warrant Committee. 
But how does a member of the Warren Committee properly fulfill the responsibility of providing taxpayers with objective, unbiased advice on a school project if that member has been serving as a voting member on that project? As I see it, this seriously undermines the independence and pub public credibility of that member of the Warren Committee in regard to that school project. Why is placing a Warrant Committee member in the role of defining a town project thereby undermining the primary role of that Warrant Committee member to provide independent evaluations of town projects a good idea. If the town does indeed wish to return to our pre-2018 approach to establishing school building committees, then the approach to doing that should certainly have been thoroughly vetted before our proposed revision was brought before the town for approval at a town meeting. That didn't happen. The Permanent Planning and Building Committee was unaware of the changes being proposed until after the proposed changes were printed in the warrant report. The Board of Selectmen wasn't consulted about being essentially eliminated from every regular involvement with school building committees under this bylaw revision unless state laws force the town to allow a member of the BOS onto the committee in order to obtain funding under Mass General Law Chapter 70B. The return to single project school building committees ensures that these committees' focus will be on the, their specific projects, not the big picture of how their project fits into an overall sequence of projects. Did anyone raise the question of whether this is the direction the town wants to go in as this bylaw revision was being developed? Perhaps you really do think it's a good idea to return to the approach we had in place before 2018. But if you're not sure, you should think carefully about what you are going to wind up with if this proposed bylaw revision is approved. In my opinion, this revision requires a lot more work before it might be seen as an effective response to what was asked for at last year's annual town meeting. Thank you. But any more comments from the podium Warren Committee? Executive Branch, any further comments? If not, we're going to go to the floor. Microphone number one is going to be speaking uh, in opposition. Microphone number two is going to be speaking as proponents of the motion. We want to keep our focus on the motion as presented by Jeremy Marset. That's the motion that is, is on the floor. Uh, we'll limit comments to uh, a minute and a half and go to microphone number one. Uh, Lester Cohen, 1 Essex Road. I'm not speaking for or against. I basically have a question. Good. If this article is not accepted, is the money that was appropriated earlier spent in the same manner and by the same people that last, when we had the, town, the special town meeting to, to vote on the school at Wheelock, is it the same procedures that will happen if this article is not uh, approved? So the if this bylaw revision does not pass, there already is a bylaw that, that guides the formation of a school building committee. Uh, this would not be, I'm not sure how your question, whether you're asking, would that mean we're just going to try to build the Wheelock project again? The answer to that is certainly no. Uh, what I would expect that we would do is that we would form a school building committee under the existing bylaw, if, if I think that's where this would go. But the points that were made over the last year around the issues of public involvement and other things like that would play into that but no matter that, what. But those can be handled by the current bylaws. It would be handled by the current right, bylaws. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Microphone number two. 
Uh, Jerry Pot, 7 Curve Street. Uh, first of all, I want to thank the, the bylaw committee. Um, if you look at the individuals who served on that committee, it's a diverse group. They weren't on either side of this argument pub publicly, uh, and they did an incredible job in those nine meetings. I had an opportunity to hear them. Um, the one comment I would make is the current bylaw that for the School Building Committee had no public input, none. There were no public hearings held for that. There was one person who pushed it through who happens to be the stakeholder who wrote most of those points. So not only wasn't there a public hearing for that committee, um, but that's the reason we got the result that existed because there were no public forums to have any. There was a bylaw committee, it was checked with the bylaw committee that the five people who served on that bylaw committee never actually saw what was proposed to govern this school building committee. This is a thoughtful approach. It gets us moving forward as a community to get what is critical on this, a two-thirds vote for a school. And this has broad representation. If it can't make it out of the school building committee, it's not gonna make it in a high stakes vote. So I'm strongly in favor of it. I think it's a great move forward to get broad participation for something we know we need, similar to the gentleman who spoke before. The sooner we can move on this, I, I think I, I commend the committee that came up with this because I think it's balanced, I think it's fair. Thank you. Okay, well thank you. We're gonna get a question from the cafeteria next. Hi, um, my name's Jeanette Rule. I live at 23 Green Street. I just, I have a question about uh, the handout that came, um, was given at the, you know, near the entrance with the red letters on indicating some of the changes. Um, is this the same as what's in the yellow book? Or is this, is this the most re recent accurate? Um, yeah, thank you. The, uh, the, the warrant article as printed in the warrant report, the, the yellow book is not the same as the motion that was offered by warrant committee member Jeremy Marset. That, that's what's on the floor. So it is, uh, it is that article uh, with the, uh, the handout that you have, uh, and that would be the changes to what is in the, in the warrant committee report. And the motion in, you know, incorporates those changes that were in the handout. Okay, so the, the changes that are in this handout indicated by the red font are changes to what, changes to changes. Is that what it ultimately is? No, it's just changes to what was printed. Okay, so it just, I'm puzzled because it seems like there have been a lot of words against this, not in favor so many words for these few lines of red changes. I'm just... Yeah, well, these, just to, just to clarify, so these, so the Warren Committee report has to be published when? It goes back to the beginning of April, and since that time, the School Building Committee continued to meet, also met with the Warren Committee on a number of occasions and came up with a motion, which is what we heard from the Warren Committee, that incorporated those comments. Sarah Lemke, 172 Harding, again. Okay. Um, just to clarify, the, the, the warrant that was printed was to include a new section P in the existing 10-20 article. Um, that section P, along with some other mining, minor changes um, to add reference to a school building committee, is the bulk of you know, what the presentation was about tonight. 
the redlined language were further changes after the warrant was printed. But all of the discussion back and forth about whether to move forward with this is really included in the non-red language in section P, if that makes sense. Good. Thank you. Did that help us in the cafeteria? Did that answer yeah. the question? I think so. <laughs> I think so too, but okay, here we go. So uh, microphone number one. Hi, so this is uh, Jessica Riley, 81 Flintlock Lane, and I'm speaking for the school committee. Um, we are neither in support or against the article in and of itself. We didn't feel as though we could really form an opinion having not uh, spoken to it with the committee officially. Um, however, if this, more, this article does go forward, we will also be proposing some minor language changes uh, regarding the school building committee language and who the committee can um, appoint. So I just wanted to make sure that people knew that, that we, we are trying to work with the article as it stands and we will try to uh, honor the collaboration however it goes. Um, but we also feel the need to make some amendments from the floor. So Now would be the time. Now is the time? Okay. I wasn't sure if we had to vote the big art amendment and then the second amendment. So thank you, Mr. No, we'll, Moderator. Yeah, we'll vote on, on the, the motion as amended if, okay. first. So um, the school committee uh, moved to amend Article 14, Section 1, SBC Composition, Section B1, to read, the school committee shall appoint four voting members to the SBC, period and strike the phrase, two appointments, I'm sorry, will be, I'm sorry, the school committee shall appoint four voting members to the SBC. Two appointments will be current school committee members, period, and strike whose terms are not coterminous. The school committee uh, continuously makes judgments about how to manage continuity within assignments, and uh, we have no concerns about a coterminous um, assignment, it really seems like it's kind of solving a problem that has not and does not exist. Um, the second one is that uh, we would like it to read two additional appointments will be midfield residents, period, striking with pertinent experience in education if possible. Uh, our concern is that pertinent, uh, first of all, is easily contestable and uh, is not specific enough to be able to uh, really guide um, any kind of selection. The second one is, if possible, that in fact then makes, if there were two candidates, one of whom had great community outreach and ability to reach large portions of the community, they would have to be struck because if possible, there was somebody else who had an education degree but perhaps hadn't worked in education or was a teacher in another district but perhaps did not have as much impact on the community as someone else that we would appoint. So we would simply like to stri strike those two terms. Um, the difference I think sometimes uh, there's policy and then there's procedure. And my understanding is that we would all come together as the three appointing bodies and really make sure that we had a wide range of the community. 
Okay, we're going to just address the amendment now as to whether we have a proposed amendment from the school committee, which we'll read back. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Brittany, Would if you don't like mind. Would you like me to read it in full again? You know, you know, we're good, I think. Okay. Jess, if you just stay there, we'd, I want to make sure this, is, this incorporates or captures just the, the proposed uh, changes. P, there we go, P1B, is that I? One. The school committee shall appoint four voting members to the SBC, period. Two appointments will be current school committee members, period. Two additional appointments will be Medfield residents, period. Correct. Okay. So that's the amendment to the, to the motion that's on the floor. I'll only want to hear comments, questions about the amendment. There's a question, comment about the amendment. Microphone number two. Uh, Jerry Kazanjan, 77 Granite Street. I was coming up to talk about the appointment by the Board of Selectmen, uh, where it says expertise in pertinent areas, such as architecture, building engineering, et cetera. There was no mention there of education. Now, however, the school committee is asking, to appoint two additional appointments with Medfield residents, but left out the pertinent experience in education. I was 36 years a music educator in Holliston. I oversaw the new construction of an elementary school, uh, renovation to a middle school, and renovation to a high school. I've seen what buildings can be well done and buildings that were not so well done. My point is, I would like to have the word education, expertise in education, included in this. Some. Okay, well, we've asked, I think we're asking that to be stricken with this amendment, right? Uh, at least as relative to the school committee appointments. So we'll come back to that if you want to, if you want to come back after we vote on that amendment. So we're going to stay with the amendment here uh, to the motion. Other comments or questions just on the amendments by the school committee? Uh, Sarah Lemke for the uh, school building bylaw committee. Um, just two responses. We did not um, talk about this as a committee, so I, I can't address the comment, at least as to the um, coterminous. Um, but as to the educational experience, that was a, a point of discussion among our group when we met. And the feeling of the um, SBC review committee was that that was an important component of our discussion. So I just wanted to point for reference that we did discuss at length and specifically intentionally require that the um, person have experience in education. I think you could debate the use of the word pertinent and whether that's necessary, but the spirit was to require education experience. Okay, thank you. Microphone number two. Christian Donner, 92 Green Street. I came down here because I wanted to remind ourselves or everybody else um, about the spirit and the, the intent of the Article 14 and why we have it. And then I heard Mrs. Riley's um, uh, proposed uh, amendments, and they seem to completely change that, the spirit and the intent, and I would want to make a motion to dismiss it. We're, gonna, we're not going to hold on a motion, okay? Comment, okay. we'll vote on this particular motion. My comment is that proposed changes seem to change the article and the intent of it. Okay. So here's where we are. We have a motion on the floor as presented by Warren Committee Member J uh, Jeremy Marset that 
track but change the original uh, article as it was prepared in the warrant report. And we have a motion to amend that's on the floor. You want to read that one more time? We're just going to vote the motion to amend. Sure. The amendment to Article 14 is in P1B1. The school committee shall appoint four voting members to the SBC. Two appointments will be current school committee members. Two additional appointments will be Medfield residents. Okay. Everybody comfortable? I guess so. To the extent we drafted a bylaw on the floor of the town meeting, I guess we're comfortable. So here we go. All in favor of the motion as amended, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. I'm going to ask for a show of hands. All in favor of the motion as amended, uh, please raise your hand. And opposed? Okay, I'm going to deem the motion does not carry. I mean, the amendment does not carry. So we're back to the original motion now. And so we'll get comments back to the original motion. Microphone number one. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Mike Pastore, 6 Liberty Road. Um, I, uh, I, I appreciate the work that the committee put in in a short period of time um, under difficult circumstances. My issue with it is mostly for the impetus for the change at all. Um, I, I think it was it was based on a very specific set of circumstances that may or may not ever happen again. And I just don't think that's a sound basis for making such a sweeping bylaw change. I have several specific issues that were uh, ably handled by um, Ms. Hall. And I, I agree with, uh, with everything you said. You said it more eloquently than I could. So I actually, uh, Mr. Moderator, if I could, I have a question for the select board. Uh, specific to um, select person Murphy, you mentioned that you changed your vote because you spoke with members of the committee over the last week. Um, and you mentioned their passion and their commitment, which I, I would not disagree with. Was there anything specific that they said about the, the language change and the, the actual article itself that changed your mind? And if so, what was that? So specifically, when I had a chance to talk about um, feeling like the Board of Selectmen, this is what we are right now, um, were going to be told two out of the four why to pick them. I got a better understanding as to how they were trying to spread the wealth with the moderator putting, uh, I believe, putting four names in, um, why they suggested the Board of Selectmen do four, and the rationale of trying to spread out, making sure that certain key members were assigned to the committee, but chosen by various groups so that we could, the intent would be to ensure that there is a wider perspective from the town in that manner. So I did not see it that way a week ago tonight, but getting a chance to talk to the, to the bylaw committee members one-on-one -on -one and hearing their passion and why they were so adamant to make sure that um, certain members would be assigned, but by different groups. To me, I was like, you know what, I understand more. It's not, they weren't forcing the Board of Selectmen to do certain things. They were asking us to make sure that we, we put certain members on in, in line with the town moderator putting certain members in line, and same with the school committee. So, so it was just a distribution of appointments that was your issue before? Yeah, I didn't understand why they were saying, this is why you have to do it. And then the more I understood where, their intent, um, and especially, I will say the line that was, that was shared with me, that, Eileen, it's really important that when somebody sits and they look at this committee, 
they see themselves. So they are represented somewhere around that table. And I don't believe, unfortunately, that's what's happened in, in the past. And I think it's so important moving forward that we move forward as a community and everyone should feel like they have some say and they're part of it. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Moderator. Okay, well, thank you. We have uh, four more comments. So we're on the clock for about uh, a minute and a half each. And I guess we're back to microphone number two. Uh, Jerry Kazanj in 77 Granite Street. Since the um, school committee doesn't want to include an educator in their um, two additional appointments, but just anybody, any resident, I'd ask them that the Board of Selectmen, in their listing of four people, to include such as education, architecture, building, engineering, et cetera. That word education should be in there somewhere. We're building a school. Wouldn't it be nice to have some input from an educator? I don't think anybody disagrees. I think it goes then, to the question well, of whether you can Well, I want to add, I would like to add the word, amend, amend section three, after all that red ink, <laughs> will expertise, um, expertise in pertinent areas such as education, then architecture, building, engineering, commercial and municipal construction, and not construction law contracts, et cetera. The word education. Since, uh, it's my understanding that since the amendment by the school committee lost, that that language is still in, right. in there. It wasn't, you never mentioned the word education or educator. It's, I believe, I have to go back to the pertinent part, but if somebody can help me. Uh, he wanted to add it to the selectman's part. But they didn't, they voted that down. No, we, no, we just voted the amendment down. So education it did not pass. So it remained. Okay. Two additional appointments will be met field residents with pertinent experience in education. Okay, thank you. That, that remains. Good. At the moment. Okay, thank you. Microphone number one. Uh, Jeff D'Amico, 170 Granite. Uh, just a bit about myself. I'm a project manager working for various municipals, working for permanent building committees and school building committees. So I just want to draw the town's attention to there's a couple points in this article that are far more reaching than I think the committee intended when they laid that out. And that's specifically article uh, subsection L, where it talks about any time you uh, seeking to construct, reconstruct, or alter or enlarge a building shall initiate the formation of a school building committee. The word alter here means any type of renovation in that application. So if you're replacing the roofing, the windows, if you're trying to be a sustainable project like Medfield has dedicated itself by 2050 to be, you start to replace the HVAC, this will become a permanent school building committee. Article subsection number zero also talks about a school building committee with the word reconstruction and gives reference to state statutes for uh, Mass General Law, Chapter 149, Chapter 149A, and Chapter 3039M. Anytime this town is committing capital funds for a project, it will fall under the purview of this school building committee. So as you're trying to, I'm almost done, as you're trying to assemble this future school building committee, it's not just about for the replacement of the Dale School, it's in perpetuity for any other renovation projects to any school buildings in town. So essentially, you'll have two permanent building committees, one that manages the five dedicated schools in town, and the other one that manages the remaining seven facilities in town. So you're having duplicative building committees in a town that does not require that. But this is not a, the, Article L is, is intact from the existing permanent building bylaw. But it says we'll, we'll initiate a school, the formation of a school building committee. It's, it's, it's taking that responsibility and passing it over 
to the school building committee. That's the way this is written. Thank you. Sarah? Um, just a point of sorry, clarification. Um, L, as the moderator mentioned, is from the existing permanent planning and bylaw committee language that was only um, changed to add reference to the school building committee for school projects, which is a defined term, capital S, capital P. And then you go down to section O, where school project is defined, and there it's specifically limited to uh, recon I'm sorry, construction, reconstruction, addition, or enlargement. We specifically excluded renovation so that renovations of schools would not fall under the purview of the school building committee. My point was that the word reconstruction has a far-reaching stretch to, you know, with replacement of windows, boilers, roofs, all these other sustainability goals that the town would undertake would fall under reconstruction to an existing building? Yeah, I mean, we felt that reconstruction covered a, a large rebuilding project as opposed to renovation. I think, you know, ultimately how renovation versus reconstruction are interpreted, but the intention was, you know, a full reconstruction rather than a renovation. Was, was that interpretation run by town council? Town council reviewed with the committee on a regular basis, so I'm presuming that the town council was Final comment here on this. Uh, uh, Carolyn Casey, 29 South Street, and a member of the bylaw committee. Um, I also want to point out that there will be permanent building committee members on this new school building committee. So um, it, people keep talking as though they'll be separate. And yes, we would have a permanent building committee because we might be doing more than one project in time, and you, you have that permanent building committee. But what we asked was that the select people would decide how many permanent building committee members you would need on this new school building, depending on the size of the project. So they are connected and would definitely know what's happening between the uh, two committees. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we'll go uh, last three comments and then we'll put this to a vote. Okay, uh, Chris Poss, just clarify, clarification, uh, Mr. Moderator, can I ask a question without eating up my time first? <laughs> no, I just want to ask a clarifying question yeah, first. Okay, so um, it was stated um, by Selectman Murby that the, the existing permanent building and existing permanent planning and building committee bylaw could be used for school building projects. And is that, I just want to hear, okay. That goes against what the selectmen told me in January 2020. So I just want to state that. I was told that that was not the case. So my comment, my prepared comments are, thank, thanks to the work to our expert bylaw writing committee, here's what Article 14 does. It ensures a level of democracy that gives more voice to us, the people. It provides future school building projects with clear and important guardrails. It helps to directly engage the community in the project. It minimizes control by a small number of individuals. It provides a crystal clear roadmap instead of ambiguity. It gets the next school building project off on the right foot. What Article 14 does not do, it doesn't waste time and money. It does not prohibit the involvement of permanent planning and building committee members in the school building process. It does not prohibit involvement by the facilities manager. It does not add layers of bureaucracy. It does not skip steps. 
and it doesn't bypass experts as the current bylaw actually did in 2017 when it wasn't brought forth to the bylaw review committee at the time at the direction of the selectmen. Five, 10, or 20 years from now, we can change this bylaw again. But in the meantime, here's what we should all do. We need to vote yes on Article 14. Please don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Final comment from microphone one. Stephen Hayes, 46 Curve Street. Um, I have a problem with the over 65 um, requirement. <laughs> it just seems like uh, it makes no sense. There's a hidden agenda there. I don't know what the value is. I mean, it would hope there'd be people over 65 that would be on the committee. But I would be, I'm just as offended by that as if you said I want somebody from the age of 21 to 30 years old. Um, it just seems to, I think there's some hidden agenda there. I'm sorry. Question, good question. People have asked that. Do you want to respond to that, Sarah? Uh, we did talk about that at length in the committee, Sarah Lemke. Uh, we also talked with the Warren Committee about it. And I think the feeling was that there was concern in past school building projects that the Senior Citizen Committee was not reached through the, the people who participated on the boards. And I think there was, in fact, one school building project in the past where senior citizens you know, came in late in the process and um, you know, felt they weren't represented. Um, I think also, you know, because they're unlikely to have school-aged children, that people were afraid their concerns might not be addressed. Um, so we did ultimately decide as a committee that we should have someone who met that criteria. That doesn't mean that they couldn't also be the person who is the member of the warrant committee or the planning board or the person with experience in education or construction contracts. But we felt that that was a segment that had been overlooked in the past. Um. I just think it's obvious that people at that age are very unlikely to have children in the school system, and that to me uh, just makes them a very um, specific outlook on it, not objective. Thank you. Final comment on this, and we'll put it to a vote. Christian? I never get the last word. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, 92 Green Street, Christian Donner. I just wanted to say a few words. Um, we the residents, the taxpayers, are the owners of the schools, of the projects that build schools. We should control how they're being run. I felt that we were shut out the last time. Um, and this is an effort to take back control. And I think it's a good effort. I will vote yes. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, we're gonna put it to a, mo a, a, a vote. Uh, just to be very clear, we're voting on the motion as offered by Warren Committee Member Jeremy Marset. The motion basically tracks the article as printed in the Warren with the adjustments, the exceptions that he made and that have also referenced in the handout that was passed out as people came in. So everybody clear on what we're voting on? We're voting on the motion that was offered, not what was printed, but what was offered by uh, the Warren Committee. So. It is not a two-thirds vote. Okay, it's a majority vote. So here we go. So all in favor of the motion, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. Okay, we're gonna show, do a show of hands, please. All in favor, please raise your hand. Okay, all opposed?
<laughs> I'm going to do that one more time again. We have 15 to 3 in favor in the cafeteria, but I want to take another look at the hands here and see if I can make a judgment. All in favor, please raise your hand. All opposed. Well, I wasn't inclined to do this, but I'm going to have to do it. We're going to have to do a standing count. It's, it's looks to be about that close. So, uh, the deputy moderator, if you guys mobilize your counters, and we'll do the count in our traditional way. Hmm? Okay, we're going to do a standing count. All those that were in favor, please stand and remain standing until I indicate that you have been counted. This is the stand if you are in favor of the motion that was offered by the Warren Committee. You may be seated, and if you would please stand, or if you are opposed to the motion, please stand.
Thank you. You can be seated. Thank you. Okay, the result is that the motion carries 163 to 149. So the motion carries. Okay, next article and final article uh, before free cash is article number 20. Article number 20 is an article to amend the existing or proposed town permanent planning and building bylaw uh, or the proposed school building project bylaw to include a requirement that it, of at least one public hearing. I think that was included in that bylaw, right? So is this, somebody want to uh, just kind of bring some definition to what we're going to be voting on here? Well, first of all, we have a, we have a report from the Warren Committee. Okay. Mallory. Public hearing requirement would include a notice published in a local newspaper or media outlet once in each of two, two successive weeks. The first publication to be not less than 14 days before the day of, of the hearing and with a town hall notice posted no less than 14 days before the day of such hearing. Do we have a report? I just read it. The to amend the ex existing or proposed town permanent planning and bylaw and or any proposed school building project bylaw to include a requirement that at least one public hearing shall be held before the lead project committee votes on a new site for a school or town building or do or act anything in relation thereto. Adam, do you have a comment on, on just on, on, on this at all? Excuse me, Mr. Moderator. Just wanted to question. Yeah. What was the question? The uh, question was just as, just in terms of I want to be, I want to get clarity on the on the motion because we had the. As right, we had a positive motion. Right. We have a positive motion. I, I think the motion is acceptable, Mr. Moderator, with the exception of. The, the, the reading of the phrase or do or act anything in relation thereto, which is typically not made part of the motion, but otherwise I think the motion was proper in terms of what's been printed. It's a citizen's petition, so the motion has to be made in the affirmative to reflect what was submitted by statute in the form of the citizen's petition. Okay. So we can vote it just straight up and down? You can. Okay. Questions, comments on Article 20? Microphone number two. Uh, 
uh, Gerard Irwin 5 would fall. I might be a little slow, but didn't we just vote to move forward with Article 14? We did move forward with Article 14. And if I read this correctly, we're already going to amend Article 14. Uh, we're actually going to am amend it to the extent that it provides for a public hearing that, that, for... That was after we had all the input from everybody and anybody to make sure we had this right. Now we're finding, out, for, now we're finding for, out the citizens didn't have input. This would be for buildings now prescribed for buildings that were uh, under the Permanent Building Committee in addition to the ones that are under the School Building Committee that we just voted for, right? That's my interpretation. So it, it adds this public hearing requirement to other public buildings that are not school building, uh, that would not be governed by the SBC. So we're amending the same thing we just amended and passed. Correct. But we needed to keep them separate because they were separate articles when the, when the warrant was framed. Uh, Lister Code, one, Question? Uh, one Essex Road. Question. Um, are there other requirements to have public hearings besides the one that is written here? In addition to? In addition to this particular public hearing? Not in the bylaw as it exists, right? So this now adds it to the bylaw for projects that would be of the permanent building committee as so well as. Only, this is only a single public hearing before? At least a single public hearing. Some would argue there's been no shortage of public opportunities, but. Uh, to comment, but this is a there's a formality to a public hearing that now is incorporated that this that this uh, that this motion would incorporate into the the bylaw the permanent building committee bylaw. Final Chris, comment before the vote. Yep, Chris Pot, Seven Curve Street. Just to also clarify on on this um, amendment for the new N uh, for just town buildings. Um, purpose for this oftentimes is that uh, project, town projects and school projects get so far along that the public hearings aren't, aren't, are not mandatory by law until we get to the permitting process. Um, it, it is important to have these hearings as other towns and districts have done before citing decisions to allow people, if you're going to have a building down the street from you or in your neighborhood, to have an opportunity to speak up and know that this is coming your way and not wait until the project and millions and millions of dollars has been spent to, to at the point of actual permitting. So this provides just one extra step um, early in the process to allow people to have input uh, on the siting of a, of a town building or school building. Thank you. Okay, there are no other questions. There are no other questions. We're going to put article, uh, the motion on article 20 to a vote requires a simple majority for passage. All in favor, please say aye. aye. Opposed? I deem that Article 20 passes. So we're down to now our final article is our article on free cash. We'll get a little clarity on that. Before I do, I just want to uh, remind us before we had a couple of uh, public service announcements about May 18th, very important day for the town. We'll start to hear directly from Trinity Financial. So mark that on your calendar, May 19th. The uh, climate action plan is being considered, so some further strategic, uh, strategic issues. A lot of thank yous here to the Warren Committee, to the people on the panel. I want to thank our new folks from Medfield TV. I particularly want to thank uh, Chris Allen out there again, 
Conrad Bletcher for 20 years of d doing this with me, uh, the school department for the, having to set up a, a couple of times for us, um, Chief Garrett, public safety officers, all the members of the executive branch, and particularly tonight, all of you voters who came out to give us a quorum. Thank you very much. So we're going to turn to our final article. Article 22 is an article on free cash. Do I have a motion from the Warren Committee? Move to dismiss. We have a motion to dismiss. Want to provide any explanation there? We don't need it. Okay. We don't need the article. Any comments or questions? If there are none, we will move to dismiss. All in favor, say aye. aye. Okay, I need a motion to adjourn. All, I, I hear a motion. All in favor, say aye. aye. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thank you. We'll see you uh, maybe in June. <laughs>